standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Standby. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome into another edition of the JP Peterson Show where free speech is protected and encouraged. Yes, welcome in. Uh, I'll be live here from our Orlando studios. Nick Geddes from On3 Sports live from our RHS TV studios in St. Petersburg. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm doing well here on a Wednesday, which means we're one one more day closer to NFL football. We're 10 days out from college football. Yes. A lot to look forward to. In the meantime, we have the Rays to hold us over. And boy, oh boy, do we have lots of news coming out of out of the Rays as they're in San Francisco right now. Ain't none of it good, brother. Ain't, Ain't none, of, none it's of it good. That's why I, I washed my hands. Uh, I, I turned the water on and got the soap going last week. And uh, Monday, just completely washed my hands of them. Um, they're going nowhere, unfortunately. A once promising season has deteriorated um, because mostly of horrific injuries to their pitchers, their pitching staff, their lack of urgency in bringing in a big hitter, and now, unfortunately, some horrific news on their the foundation of their franchise. It's not been a good week, my friend, for for the Tampa Bay Rays. No, it has not. Um, and it's also been, if you want to go the whole year, look at the whole sample size here, this five months of the season so far. I can't think of a more roller coaster ride of a season for the Tampa Bay Rays than this one. When you think of the 13 and 0 start, the 29 and 7 start, the most historic offense for the first month and a half of the season, all that goodwill God. to seeing three fifths of your rotation go down with Tommy John surgery. I mean, th- how does that happen? I don't know to the face of your franchise, facing serious allegations, all happening at the same time, and also trying to stay afloat in right. the AL race right now. I mean, this has been a, a just crazy, chaotic season that I'm afraid is not going to have a great ending like we all thought it would just four months ago. Yeah, it's it's so sad. Um, I think the only silver lining in this, quite frankly, is that I think um, – there will be a transfer of ownership of this team to local ownership. I think Stu Sternberg, with all the uh, the stuff that's going on with his team right now, he was looking looking to sell the team anyway. I think this has probably pushed him over the edge. Uh, so I believe that those negotiations are heating up. Um, he'll get a nice price for his team more than anybody ever dreamed. Um, we, we were heard 1.5. It may be up to 1.9, almost $2 billion. Um, that will only happen if there's a stadium deal on the Tampa side, because there's way more money available there. So I, it, in the long term, by the way, is one in the long term, um, everybody knows that. So if there is a silver lining, I think that would be it. And, but otherwise this season is just going to turn into a horrible disappointment. Um, sad for Rays fans because they really showed up this year. What is, is, is attendance up what 25% this year? I know yeah. it was at one point. I don't know the exact percentage, but I know it's up about like four or five thousand per game. So, and they marketed the team so differently, so well, um, in a lot of good ways, gave back to the fans. So, you know, a lot of good things happened this year, but I think in the end, it's just going to be a, a year that is going to be remembered as an incredibly hot start. But you play one sixty-two, man. It's a grind. Um, it takes a lot of depth and good fortune to go your way. And the Rays have had nothing really but but bad fortune. 
Uh, no, and it, it and it continued yesterday. We get hit with the with the shot that we were honestly already expecting. Shane McClanahan right. going to undergo Tommy John surgery. I mean, just for me, um, again, we expected it, but when I you hear it officially, you really just go, "Oh man!" Yeah. Like you were holding out just like that one percent hope that something could change. But unfortunately, you're going to be without your ace uh, for this postseason run and all of next year. That's just yeah. tough to come by. Uh, and then Manuel Margot now going down with a with an arm injury. It doesn't know who knows if he's going to return. Not a really big part of the offense lately, to be honest with you. So I don't know how much of a loss that necessarily is. He's your highest paid player, for God's sake. He right? is your highest paid player. That is true. But he <laughs> wasn't really player. he wasn't really doing much out there. So I'm not wishing an injury or anything like that. But the fact that we're like in mid August and we have Basabi, Curtis Mead, and Jonathan Aranda all on the 26-man roster here right now. Wow. That is certainly not how I drew it up. That is certainly not how the Rays drew it up. And uh, this is very surprising to me, the way this is kind of kind of unfolded here, this this lately here. Yeah. It's um, it, it's sad, but uh, it will be fun to see the new kids come up and see what they can do. And you were telling me um, that um, they elevated Carson, uh, Carson Williams to AAA, bypassing single A, so they're trying to get him ready to bring up. Apparently, right. That was up. pretty telling to me that they called yeah. him Carson Williams because they he bypassed double A, goes straight to triple A, and he's only 20 years old. And if you looked at his profile, he's a complete player. He's great defensively. He can swing the bat, all those things. So clearly with the uncertainty surrounding Juan DeFranco, they're fast tracking this guy to get him ready potentially for next year if this goes south with Juan DeFranco. And personally, I like that. I think they've always been very cautious on these young guys, and they've proven yeah. lately they're willing to give these guys a shot. If you're good enough, they'll fast-track you. And he, he had a triple yesterday. He, he missed a home run by just a couple feet on that like kind of mini green monster they have over there in Durham. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that was good to see. So that, that's the only silver lining. I get to see these young guys finally play in the major leagues, and you know hopefully they catch fire. I mean, that's really the only thing you kind of hope for at the moment. Yeah, and another thing about the sale vis-a-vis Wander Franco and the developments overnight with Wander Franco are are not great. Um, there appears to be more uh, girls involved in this investigation. Uh, Arrestus Estrada is going to join us at 11.30. Obviously, Arrestus, uh, very knowledgeable on the Dominican Republic and how the culture works. I, I told you yesterday I spoke with a, a former ba- a major league player who grew up in the Dominican uh, not a big name, but, you know, got to the big leagues for a couple of years. Uh, didn't want me to use his name, but spoke freely about the culture over there that, you know, and, you know, for whatever we think about these things, um, you know, relationships with underage girls over there are not as taboo as they are here. Um, just to, to be plain about it. Um, it's it's commonplace, which is not to, I'm not excusing anything that Wander Franco's doing or has done. I'm just passing on what people are telling me. And, and and in terms of baseball players, obviously they are sought after by these women. Um, it's just part of the culture over there. Um, arrest this. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably, we had a conversation last night, so we'll, you know, I, I'll let him speak for himself as, as far as all that goes, because obviously it's a very touchy subject. And again, I am not endorsing this in any way. Obviously we're just talking about what the culture is over there. And, 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 what I was told by this player, and I think you'll hear from Arrestus as well, is that these things have ways of going away in the Dominican Republic. Um, so, and there, and the other part about this is there is a lot of extortion that goes on over there, um, and there's a, there's a lot of nefarious things that happen in these situations. 
So um, it, it's going to be a very, very murky situation. Uh, I doubt very seriously if this is going to long-term affect um, his contract, but it could. I, you know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Maybe they'll want to make an example of him. Who knows? But just if history is any guide, this is not going to be a long-term derailing thing for Wanda Franco. Now the organization has to decide, do they want him to be the foundation and the face of their franchise moving forward? And this new ownership group, if this new ownership group does happen, and I believe it will, um, probably before the year is out, do they, are they, when, when looking at the, the, you know, the balance sheet, is that an asset or a liability in this case that they want on their, their sheet? When you come and buy, you know, a new apartment complex or you buy something, you want that you want it to be, you know, stripped down to the bones, right? You don't want a lot of liabilities on that sheet. And I, I would, you know, I would not be surprised if uh, current ownership want, would be desirous of getting rid of that liability on their balance sheet in order to get a deal done. Um, so, again, this is all speculation, but these are things that we talk about on this show with our independent voice. We can talk about them because these things happen in real life. And it's these are conversations that are had, and we just want you to make you know take you behind the scenes on on what what these conversations are, are, are having. This is this would be an absolute natural conversation that would be had if you're purchasing a team. What are your liabilities? What contracts are on the books? Who are these people? Do we want them to be part of the foundation moving forward? Is this what our ownership group wants to represent the team? And I would say, if I were a new owner coming in. That's a that's a hard pass for me. As good as Wander Franco is, um, if I can get value for him, I'm doing that. I'm doing that right now. I'm shopping him. I'm trying to give value. You know, I got to shop him right now when this is hot, right? You're going to Jonathan Druan him and try to rehabilitate him the best you can in public opinion, and then you know try to get as as much as you can for him. If I, you know, there are some people that would say, hey, you know, this is all bullshit. It's extortion. You shouldn't penalize this guy. He's a great player. We want him for the, you know, that contract that he's under in, in, in today's baseball Monday money, if he is just the superstar that we think he is, and I think he is, I think he will vastly outperform that contract. There will be teams in this league that don't give a crap about any of the off field stuff and say, you know, and just say, no, give it, give me one or oh, Franco. Hell yeah. Well, at, that, then, at that price. Hell yes. Well, then again, I mean, pay attention to some of the other things that have happened. I mean, I believe we do have precedent in, in major league baseball, of this similar, similar, very happening. If you recall Felipe Vasquez, uh, the pitcher for the pirates, I believe this happened about three, four years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And he was the same thing, allegedly in a, a relationship with a younger minor, I want to say. And I, he got two to four years in prison. Wow. I think is what ended up happening to Felipe Vasquez. If I got, I probably should. Was that in the Dominican? Um, it might, I want to confirm that, but I just remember that Felipe Vasquez, who was one of the better relievers at the time that did happen to him. Uh, he's from Venezuela. Uh, yeah. Felipe Vasquez, but very was, different, very a, different culture. Right. Very different a, culture. I just recall it being a very similar situation and he got dinged obviously pretty hard and, you know, career over life change forever, all those things. And even, you know, Trevor Bauer, a different situation with what happened there. And, right. you know, there's as for as great as he is as a pitcher, I mean, this is a Cy Young winner and he's but guess where he's at? He's playing in the, the Japanese league or the Korean league, I believe. And nobody he's wants to touch it. him. Yeah, he, He's killing it down there or over there, but nobody wants to touch him. Yeah. So I and don't that know. That was not I, an underage situation. No. That was a 
situation with a with a woman who, you know, we don't want to get into the the the, the details of this, but you know, she was into S and M and all those those type things, <laughs> and Trevor Bauer took it a little too far and um, allegedly. And, you know, but it, either yeah. way, it was unsavory. Like, no, but no, organizations don't like that around them, representing them. Every, you know, right. every time Wander goes out on the field, you know, what are the, what are the opposing fans going to be, going to be saying? What kind of signs right. are we going to see? And, you know? and, and by the way, I wanted to get it right real quick because obviously it's a serious thing with Felipe Vasquez. I went to, to confirm it. He had a sexual relationship with a 13 year old female from Jeez. Lee County, Florida, and he okay. actually admitted to it in 2017. And he was uh, 21 felony counts and all that, Jesus. and then two to four years in state prison in 2021. So, okay, yeah. So it did happen to Felipe Vasquez. So that's why you can't really rule out all options, as far as I'm concerned. And also to the point where the Rays want to keep him regardless. What do the Rays value most in their players that they bring in? Is um, high is They're very big on high character. No. No, they value their their inexpensive. Well, contracts vis-a-vis their talent they okay. like cheap, they okay. like young cheap good players that are under control that's what they value most okay but they really love second most guys <laughs> yeah they really love high character guys who are not going to rock the boat right right that's yeah. always been a staple of them so do they want the face of the franchise to be the guy that has already rocked the boat a little bit and brings the uncertainty around him and the immaturity issues mm, big question mark for the Rays, regardless of how talented he is well, and that's just what I've said for a couple of months now, you know, when, when, when the Rays made that unusual step months ago of going to the media, like taking it out from under the rug and going to the media and putting it out on front street that he was a bad teammate, you know, that was shocking to me because number one, if you don't like the guy, you're crushing his trade value by doing that, by putting that out. Um, you know, number two, you know, maybe were they trying to get ahead of something that they knew was already out, was going to get out there? That's something else that you you, you might want to consider. Um, you know, then suspending him and making it very public that he, he has not been a good teammate. I mean, all these things are very, very weird to put that out into the public, especially when you have this much of a, um, you know, a liability in terms of how much you're going to owe him, $182 million, which again, over 11 years is not a lot of money in, in, in baseball these days. It's just not, right. not for a superstar player. So, you know, again, it, it, there's a lot of tentacles to this. There's a lot of tentacles to this. It's, it's a, uh, and we'll have to wait and see how the legal system plays out. But I think you'll hear from Arrestus and, and what I told you yesterday from that other player that, you know, these things have, have a way of going away and these things have a way of being untrue in, in the Dominican Republic. You don't know if it was the, we know for a fact there has been extortion in this case. And when people are asking for money, that's red flag right away. Now, he may have done it. I don't know. But I know this. If you're extorting somebody, you know, usually there's something nefarious going on there, obviously. Whether you're lying about the age, lying about the situation, something. Um, so we'll let that part of it play out. But what's clear right now is that the Rays have to make a choice however it's going to play out right it's it's it, they already know they already know a lot about wander as a player and as a teammate and they have to decide if they want him around whether he's exonerated if he's not exonerated he won't be around so right and, and keep in <laughs> they'll, mind they'll make the decision for him and keep in mind i don't think we've even mentioned it yet keep in mind the latest development that was on this case and this was from uh one of the more reputable newspapers uh, in the dominic republic from what i understand yesterday uh in the quote in there 
is that this case is not as simple as it's being rumored in some media outlets. There are many people involved and more minors involved, right? So this is a – it seems like it's a very complex case, and it's crystal clear to everybody that we're no longer dealing with the one girl that we were focusing on in the first few hours. This is a more widespread thing. You always have to take into account, JP, and I think you can probably agree with this. When one person comes forward, sometimes it tends to happen that others will come forward, right? That tends to happen. So you have to keep in mind that when it comes to this case, or there's just all these people extorting Wanda Franco. I mean, that's kind of the two ways you have to look at it at this point. And which one's true, as you've said, we might never know. Right. We might never know, and it might just end up being, like I've been saying all week, the court of public opinion. How do you feel about the Wanda Franco case is, into, is how it's going to be, and how do the Rays feel about it at the end of the day? And here's, here's another you know, part of this. The immaturity is unquestioned, right? We've seen the immaturity on the field. We've seen the immaturity um, in the reports from his own team. That's what you know, the, his own manager has talked about this. So being immature on the field and with your teammates, that's, you know, you're probably immature in the other choices that you make in your life, right? It's not going to just be, you know, around baseball. It's going to be throughout your personality, everywhere you go. You think you can do whatever the hell you want to do, and there's not going to be any consequences because you've been treated like that your entire life because you're a great baseball player. At some point, there becomes consequences in life. And he saw that within his baseball team, and now he's experiencing that outside of baseball. So I don't think it's a shock. It doesn't come as a shock to me that he would make immature decisions off the field. So we'll see where it ends up, but uh, none of of this is good for the Rays. No, and and to the point of uh, the impact on the field, I think uh, just flat out, like I've been saying, like, I don't see how you can find a path to this team holding up a World Series trophy in the, in the, at the end of the year. Oh, it's hard. No. I don't hell think no. you can find a path anymore. I've tried to I don't hold think them they're going to make the playoffs, bro. I really don't. Even I with seven teams. I think, they'll, I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they're in danger of that because I still think there's a lot of good there. It's just, is it enough to win a World Series at the end of the day? And listen, if you were already doubting if it was enough with Wander Franco and Shane McClanahan there, then you're definitely feeling like there's not enough without those guys. Because no. as much as I love seeing, you know, Basabi, Mead, and Jonathan Aranda up, and they've deserved those call-ups in, in circumstances, are those guys, are we banking on them tearing it up? I hope they would. Hopefully they get hot here. But are we banking on that? I mean, are you seeing the catching the catching position right now, how that's going? So clearly they need, they need Francisco Mejia back. You see what happened last night. You have an inexperienced catcher in Rene right. Pinto. And basically – any shot the race had of getting back in that game ended in that seventh inning with Rene Pinto throwing a ball to third base for whatever reason with two outs and throwing it into the outfield and allowing two runs to come home and just totally making that inning a it turned into what a five run inning I believe yeah, yeah. instead of three so that's kind of where the Rays are right now it, like, nothing shocked me from last night because you have an inexperienced catcher making a decision like that and then you got a guy like Kevin Kelly too who has just hit a rookie wall. If quite frankly, it's clear right. as day to me that Kevin Kelly has hit a rookie wall. So now I have to worry about that with a lot of the other guys in the bullpen, too, because you only have, what, two starters, three starters going right now. And if yeah. I'm going to be honest, Aaron Savali, two starts through. Not great. Not yeah. great. Stuff doesn't look that great. No. Two starts through. No. 
It's certainly not replacing Shane McClanahan. No, it's not even close. And, the stuff, and like you said, the stuff is not special. It's just the it stuff. Look special to the me. stuff to me doesn't look special. No. Um, no, it's it, – and you, you'll see inconsistency. You know, they – against the Boltman day, they have 10 runs and, and a season-high 18 hits, and then the next night they get shut out. Um, and like you say, young players make stupid mistakes, Rene Pinto. Uh, Mejia, by the way, had a uh, RBI hit last night at at uh, Durham, so I'm guessing that he's not far yeah. from from coming back. Right. They need to get him back. Right. Um, and, and to Jordan to Jordan G's point, by the way, uh, they <laughs> this is the funny thing because it feels like doomsday over here. They had the third best record in baseball. I know it's crazy. That's the, that's the crazy thing, but it doesn't feel like it. Well, it doesn't and, and, feel you know, like it. And when I look well, at the because other baseball is league, a you know you go in segments, right? You know, right. you look at their last you know two and a half months, and they're you know, well under 500. Um, so it's just, this is not the team that we saw. And if you go back to July one, they're well under 500. This is just not, if you go back to the, uh, the initial Wander Franco suspension, this team, I think is 10 games under 500. I mean, and that's not, it's it's not been, a I mean, let's, but let's be honest. It's been better of late since that road trip. They've clearly found something and they've been able to continue to win series, which is really the big thing. And, and also keep in mind at the beginning of the year, we said, because they got off to the great start, they could play 500 ball the rest of the year yeah. and they're going to win 95 games to get in the postseason. I still believe that's going to happen. It's just the way they're getting there of playing that 500. And, and, ball. and what are they going to do when they get there? Right. That's the thing. Squat. It's like at the end of the day, you got to get to the Squat. postseason. What's going to happen. And as I've been saying, Right now, you're going to play Houston yeah. in the postseason. So you got to face Verlander, you got to face Fromber Valdez, and you got to face Christian Javier in a three game wild card thing. And the yeah. Rays are going to put what? Glasnow, Eflin, obviously, I love, and Savali, but with a team that clearly is a bit fractured right now against. Can't the, score runs the, against the lead pitcher. The World Series champion. So yeah. that's why I'm not really betting on them right now. I can't find a path through Houston. No, and let's get to some of our great commenters. Uh, we thank you guys for jumping in. Uh, Shane News on the top of new Franco info that came out. I just don't see a path for this team anymore. I'm also thinking Stu wants to sell the team ASAP because this is a nightmare scenario PR-wise. Absolutely. Like I said, this is the it's the, it's the, the silver lining. We can get new ownership and new – I mean, as bad as this feels, right? Imagine this. You know, in 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 a month or so, a couple months, whenever it might be, it's announced that there's a new local ownership group. They've struck a deal with Hillsborough County. They're going to build a, a beautiful uh, stadium and entertainment district down there on the water uh, in Channel Side, Ebor area. And you, you look at some of the building pieces that are still here. You know, when, when we move into that stadium, Shay McClanahan will be back. Right, she'll be back. We can look at, you know, will will Glass now still be here? Will, will Carson Williams be up? Will all of these young players still be with us? Um, you know, there's a lot of building blocks that still are on this team. Losing a Wander Franco hurts, man. I mean, it really does because he was the superstar foundation of this team. And maybe somehow he gets exonerated, grows the hell up, and becomes a great a great uh, player at at a uh, under a great contract. Who knows? Um, but there, there are brighter days ahead, I think, for this franchise. And once we can get out from under this ownership group, I think this team is going to absolutely explode, much like the Braves did. The Braves used that new money and have, you know, and, and it, imagine the baseball side of this organization with new money, with the new stadium, you have a better version of the Braves, in my opinion. 
because we're smarter and would be better with the money. So, you know, if you're a Rays fan, I would say this sucks right now. But if it, you know, if it gets the team sold and this and a stadium on the Tampa side, it's all it's all good. It's all good, and it's gonna. It's a much brighter days ahead. So why don't we just leave it at that and move, <laughs> move, move I guess, forward? I guess the thing that's a hard pill to swallow, at least for me, is we've been growing accustomed to. Okay, well, next year we're gonna get it. Well, next year we're gonna get it. Well, next year we're gonna get it. Yeah. And how many times can I continue to just say that? And I'm not saying their window, like their window. The funny thing is, is because of all the young talent they have coming through the pipeline. That's the amazing thing is that they're able to win 95 to 100 games like they've been doing. And while having one of the top prospect systems in major yeah. league baseball, and eventually that talent's going to get up here. And I'd say the crop that's coming up right now, when you think of what Wander Franco, the impact he had from what I'm expecting from junior Caminero and this Carson Williams, those three guys coupled them with the Meads of the world, the Arandas, if those guys can figure it out at the major league level, this, they have a nice nucleus that's yeah. going to carry them throughout the next decade. I'm pretty confident in hopefully, yeah, but you just want to hope you just want to win one. At least when you have the Yandies around, the Randys around, the Glasnows around, you like to think that that's your best chance to win something and have this influx of young talent coming at the same time. And how many more kicks at the can are you going to get at it with those guys? Now, look, um, that's a that that's a big deal. I mean, that, and and I'm tired of it. I've said this for a long time. I'm tired of saying, you know, wait till next year. Um, by the way. How you feeling about that Aaron Savale trade right now? Would you like to have Kyle Manzardo at AAA? Well, no, they, that they, trade they, right now? they needed the Aaron Savale trade. Regardless of I don't think his stuff has been that great, they they definitely need Aaron Savale. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. And by the way, honest and be honest, actually, I think I take it back, or I don't take it back necessarily, but Zach Littell actually might be the third guy. Oh, don't do sure. that. Don't do that. Don't do that. What do you mean? You know, have you, have you, you know watched Tell pitch? Yeah, he's great last night. Five, but again, how many times have we seen these guys in the beginning? In the beginning, the Rays find a way to get these guys, you know, with their analytics and get them, you know, to, to and then the other teams catch up. Zach Littell is who he is. He didn't suddenly become Nolan Ryan. Okay, he, uh, he, the I Rays, the Rays do this, doing, but they don't the stick. Same thing. They're doing the same thing they did with Drew Rasmussen with him, and Drew Rasmussen right. stuck. Yeah. I think Zach. And so Littell, you're saying Zach Littell will have Tommy John surgery in about six months, is what you're saying? <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do. I'm just saying. I think. I actually think I'm Zach Littell. Of, I'm a student of history. I think Zach Littell, given what he's shown the last month or so, so it, that since he's kind of transitioned to being a starter, no, great. he might be the third guy in that equation well, over Savale right now. And in the postseason, I only need five innings out of you, and he's exactly he give you a nice good five innings. Well, that's I say when you like Kyle Manzardo. Still at Durham instead of having given him away. No, I don't actually give up on this bothered. year. I'm not bothered because I think Jonathan Aranda is going to play first base. I think that's mm-hmm. where they're going there. And then in the future, in the long run, I think they think higher of Xavier Isaac than they yeah. do Kyle Manzardo. So yeah, they just had yeah, a surplus. True. So no, true. I'm not bothered. All right, uh, we'll see what Savali becomes. And it, like if Zach Littell can become that, why you know you you think after a while Savali, I'm sure is probably sticking to a lot of his old. Uh, tactics, so to speak. Yeah, the Rays will get, will get to him. Yeah, I think that will come. Right. I'm just speaking in two starts. I haven't been thrilled. Yeah. And, I just, and it's like you say, it's the stuff. It's I want to see stuff. some stuff. I don't see any stuff. Um, 
This one uh, from Luke W. Right or wrong, the wonder distractions are piling up. Yeah, you know, and there's uh, the there's an article in the Times about you know everybody saying that this is not going to be a distraction to the Rays. Come on, man, how can it not be? Your hottest player, the the you know, it, it, but I will I said you know we said this yesterday. Could it be a positive? Could the to the team rally around it because you know he's been removed from the clubhouse? Maybe we'll see. Um, but you're still missing the player. You're yeah. still missing, you know, baseball is still a game of, it's a team game, but of, of individual performance, right? Jimmy's you're still and Joe's. You need yeah, the Jimmies and Joes. You got a guy in the three hole that's, you know, hitting 411 over the last two weeks with, you know, five home runs and 16 RBI. You know, you can get all the chemistry you want in your, <laughs> but when you come in that three hole and it's Brandon Lau instead of Wander Franco, um, you know, Brandon's been okay lately, but we know that the swoon is coming. It's just different. It's just different. So, uh, Wander Value says Luke W. Like Longoria or Snell, Rays are much better doing mid-level trades. Foundation player trades, not so much. You nailed that one, buddy. You know, though there, you know, you go back to the Chris Archer one, which is an, an anomaly. You know, Pittsburgh f that up so bad. But um, you know, they the the Blake Snell and Longoria trade brought us very very little. Well, I don't think the Longoria trade was meant to really give you a a great return. In all fairness. It was just to get out of the contract. Just get out of the contract, and I don't think he had much value in the first place. But yet, you want to bring him back? Yeah, if he if he was back, that's our veteran guy we could have had in the clubhouse, JP, that you've been calling for. How about that? True, true. Um, I don't. But again, eh, I, I, you know, I Longoria. He's a veteran guy. Yeah, he's a veteran guy. Um, Obviously, with that, um, maybe a Franco trade will be the Herschel Walker trade for the Rays. We can only hope. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of teams in this league that don't give a don't, shit about character or the optics. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not. I don't want us to come off like we're hoping for the Rays to trade Wander Franco necessarily. If this, if this, if this ends up being like extortion, I'm not going to root openly for the Rays to trade their most their most talented player. I'm right. just saying right. because it'd be uncomfortable for the Rays, I believe, is where it becomes an option. Uh, Luke says uh, Rays aren't in, aren't the Friedman era. There's no Josh Lukey's, Matt Bush's, you know, Escobar's on the Rays now. Well, it's Wander Frongo. Um, here's another one. What if multiple females extorting him and he reported it prior to all this? Yeah, that's a possibility, Jordan G. I mean, if, you know um, – people see opportunity then you know i'm not i'm not sure but what is his his native uh city is bonnie bonnie and dr i mean how many how many play baseball players in in bonnie that come back there in the off season are making the money that he's making and yeah, clearly and he likes to spend the money as well to the point that you made earlier in the week when this first came out he is a target because yeah. of his public profile and even like david ortiz like he got shot no like what four years ago? And yes, that, that was a big thing, and, and that happened in the Dominican Republic, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yes, it did. He was oh, obviously yes, a, it did. A big target. Down yeah, there. yeah, and there's you know, and there's you know, a lot of speculation about what that was about. Right, and I can tell you, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, the same. I'm not saying anything to do with underage girls. I'm not saying that at all. And nothing to do with that. But there may have been you know women involved. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's. <laughs> It's a different culture down there, man. People do not play. Wander Thomas Casper supposedly already had a counter suit months ago. 
So that was certainly no secret to the franchise. Yeah, this is this is something else that that is a little disturbing to me. Um, these things were public record back in mid-July, but somehow the Rays were completely blindsided on Sunday. You know, and no, I, I don't. They may have been blindsided by, you know, the, it going public on uh, Instagram, but they certainly should have known something was going on. And again, as I mentioned yesterday, did Wander not talk to the organization about this if he's filing countersuits against girls? Was there you, no... You would think that the organization would know about their right. dealings with their star player. Yeah. Yes. Um, Jordan G says, come on, we're right on the heels of Baltimore. Not a chance we missed the playoffs, especially with, with that buffet we had at uh, the buffer we had at the hot start. Uh, you're three games out. What are you, four and a half up in the second wild card? That's a lot to make up, though. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot for a team to try to get on you. And none of those teams in the wild card are, t- are particularly a month great and a teams. Half. Yeah, in a month and a half. That's, I know the Rays did it, obviously, you know, 12 years ago, whatever. But that's, that's the exception to the rule. Uh, Seattle, Boston, and New York is not catching Toronto, Houston, and the Rays. It's just not happening. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. All right, uh, let's um, switch gears a little bit. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Scott Reynolds for the Pewter Report is going to join us, and we'll talk about the Bucks up in New Jersey taking on the Jets for one day, not two. Jerks, the Jets are. So quick break. Back with Scott Reynolds, Pewter Report, in just a minute. Stay with us. Group J E E V E S. Call for a free case evaluation 8889 Jeeves. That's 8889 J E E V E S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering, and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 8889 Jeeves, that's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area 
modern medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Scott Jeeves will join us tomorrow in studio, so look forward to that for the uh, Gator Report and uh, look forward to chatting with him. But all things uh, going on in the legal profession around here and also some Gator football. He's a big fan. All right, let's uh, bring in our good friend Scott Reynolds of the Pewter Report, the Bible when it comes to Buccaneers coverage. What's up, my friend? How are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. Um, uh, we're not up in New York. Neither am uh, I. I'm here with I you know. guys. I see that. You know, I got my priorities straight. Okay, you listen, cover another Bucks practice or, you know, spend time with Nick and JP today. I, I know what I'm doing. You know, we got go, Matt Matera, who's a New Yorker, you know, up there in his in his home stomping grounds and and Adam Slavon, we call him Sly. Both those guys were up there locking it down with Peter Report coverage. We'll have a Peter Report podcast tonight at 7 p.m., recapping all the action from the Bucks Jets joint practices. That's 7 p.m., primetime, Eastern time tonight on our Peter Report TV channel. That's on YouTube. Any uh, any early reports back from the boys here? Um, I've, I've got a keen eye here on our Peter Report Twitter. And as it stands right now, they're getting – Prepared for practice. Uh, they've done some warm-ups so far. And uh, it's uh, we're 40 minutes into practice right now. So it's still looking like Buccaneers uh, going up against the Bucks right now, just doing some individual work, et cetera. Um, I don't think the joint part of the practice starts for another maybe 10, 15 minutes. So from what I understand, though, the Jets have similar media policies that, that the Bucks do. So you get about the first 20, 30 minutes to film. Right. And then after that, no more cameras, and it's just like live tweets, and that's it. So, but stay tuned to at Peter Report on Twitter, and Matt and Sly will have all the coverage for you guys. 
So what what do you think about the Jets' eleventh hour decision to just yeah. do one joint practice? I think that's completely unprofessional. Yeah. Um. I think that the the Bucks should certainly file a grievance with the NFL on, on some levels. I know the Bucks you probably set up a lot of their preseason camp thinking that this is where they were yeah. going to get a lot of key evaluation. They may have sat players in the first game because of it. Well, JP, um, it's obvious that the Jets are running scared, right? I mean, they're afraid of the Buccaneers. I think that's pretty apparent. That's that's the message that I'm getting from from this team. Now, you know, listen, the the Jets are the host team. They they get to kind of make the rules, but I will say it's disappointing. It really has pissed off some people in the Bucks organization. It really has. Flashback to last year, the Buccaneers were able to do two sessions of joint practices, two at home with the Dolphins prior to their home preseason game against Miami. Then the next week, I was up there for um, you know for about four or five days because it's Nashville. But of course, <laughs> you know, but yeah. but they had two joints uh, practices with the Titans before their road game up there in Nashville. So that's four joint practices against NFL teams, two different NFL teams. But now it's been whittled down to just one joint practice, and that's it. I don't know that they reached out to the Steelers or the Ravens to do any joint practices or not. I'm not sure about that, but it is disappointing. Now, I will say this from an entertainment standpoint, right? Um, you feel bad. I, I saw in that preseason opener against the Steelers, there were, you know, fans in the stands. One of them said, you know, I, I flew all this way from Germany to see Mike Evans catch a pass. You know, <laughs> Mike Evans sorry. didn't play. Right. Sorry. Uh, but I, I do think this maybe alters some of Todd Bowles' strategy. The plan was to have two days worth of joint practices. Mostly starters on starters. Right. Get get the starters the work uh, in in the the practices, and then maybe rest those guys again. That was supposed to be the game plan. Now it might change. Now we might see a Tristan Wirfs, a Matt Filer. We might see you know any defensive starter for the Buccaneers. So um, we'll have to, to wait and see until Saturday exactly. But that might change the plans for the preseason game. And and I know too that there's a lot of positional battles going on, whether that's the the nickel spot, whether you want to yeah. see Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke going up against some other guys that are not on their own team and stuff like that. But as it relates to the quarterback competition and how that changes, can we? I know the Bucks won't do this, but can we wrap a bow on this? Like, yeah, it's Baker Mayfield. This is yeah. over, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and again, we talked about this way back in the OTAs and minicamp. If Kyle Trask was going to start this season and what i mean by that is is week one 73,000 vikings fans and full throat skull you know yeah. to be in that road environment if you're todd bowles and you may or may not be on the hot seat do you want a guy who has maybe thrown nine nfl passes out there that would be kyle trask or 69 nfl starts including a playoff win the only quarterback mind you in the nfc south that has a playoff win and that's baker mayfield it's an easy decision. So for Kyle Trask to beat out Baker Mayfield, two things had to have happened in camp and in the preseason. Number one, Kyle Trask had to have played out of his mind. Mm -hmm. Number two, Baker Mayfield would have had to really slip up because if all things are even, if, if it's equal, if it's a tie, guess who the tie is going to? It's going to the experienced guy in Baker Mayfield. So that hasn't happened. Uh, Kyle, to his credit, I think really came on in, in the second week. And you know what that did? That pushed Baker Mayfield up a notch as well. And that's what a quarterback competition is supposed to do. It's supposed to, it's it's not necessarily supposed to put one guy ahead of the other. It's supposed to drive both of them. And I think once Kyle came on in the second week, what you see happen with Baker? Boom, he turned it on the third week of camp. 
had a really very good opening debut with the Buccaneers against the Steelers. Then what happened on Sunday, the next practice, he was lights out, probably his best practice so far. He and Mike Evans were connecting all over the field. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's what kind of I expected. I don't know what you expected, but you know, I went back, you know, early on in this process and looked at the Baker Mayfield's uh, time with the LA Rams, which yeah. I didn't give a shit about the Panther stuff. Matt right. Rule, I mean, that was a disaster. Yes. Uh, and I constantly hear this narrative: four teams in four years. Well, let's look at that, okay? Yeah. I mean, were the Rams going to bring him back? No, no, of course not. They have Matthew Stafford, duh, yeah. and he didn't want to go back there. If they right. didn't have Matthew Stafford, do you think Baker Mayfield would have been there? I think he right. would have. I mean, you go <laughs> yeah. look at some of the, you look how he played sure. without even you know one week in the playbook, and he's leading yeah. two fourth quarter drives. Mm-hmm. Like if you haven't watched it, Bucks fans, go back and watch it. The dude can play. Yeah. He knows how to play quarterback in this league. And he's got great targets. I mean, my only feeling is this, you know, this offensive line can derail everything. And, you know, I, I, I obviously asked a very critical question in the post <laughs> post game presser, which uh, I got some feedback from uh, some people on, but I'm concerned about Luke Gedeke. And I, yeah. I feel like he's just been given that job with absolutely no competition. Yeah. And what has he done to, to warrant it? And I've been told that he has really, really solid tape in, in he camp. Does. So I know here's the thing. I think the great thing is Todd Bowles and Jason Light, because he has a hand in this too. It's his roster, right? It's, it's Todd Bowles' team. It's Jason's roster. Jason's the guy that pulled the trigger on Luke Gedeke in the second round. The great thing is both of those men. And I think Dave Canales too. He's, he is a soldier. He is not one of these offensive coordinators like, uh, who like Mike Martz, right? Or, um, you know, some of the other offensive egotistical guys, you know, Charlie that have Weiss. been in the league, Charlie Weiss, Back exactly. Day, yeah. yeah. Um, he's a soldier. He is going to listen to what his commander in this case, Todd Bowles has to say, he'll have his input for sure. But I think last year, everybody, everyone in the building agreed bulls light, everyone that they waited too long to pull the plug on Gedeke. Right. And we right. saw what happened. They started to switch. They started to pl- platoon both he and Nick Leverett in Carolina in week seven. Gedeke ended up injuring his foot. And then it was basically Leverett's job the rest of the way, including that next start against the Ravens on Thursday. And that proved to be the better move. And I don't think they're going to make that mistake again. Okay. You can give you can give him the two preseason games and I think the season opener. And if Luke Gedeke is not performing up to snuff, then I think you have to contemplate a change. And I think it will be a much quicker hook this time if he doesn't perform well because of what happened last year. So that I have that little card in the back of my pocket ready to kind of play if I'm Todd Bowles and Jason Light based upon what happened last year. And I think that's kind of a saving grace for Buccaneer fans. And the other thing, too, is we saw uh, in practice on Monday, Justin School, who started at left tackle, he's going to be the swing tackle. He's going to be the Josh Wells this year. He's younger, he's 26, he's not 32 like Wells, but he can play left and right tackle. But he's primarily been a left tackle. What did we see on Monday's practice? Well, he was he was starting at right tackle with the second string, and Brandon Walton, who's been that right tackle, was playing at left tackle. So now you can throw Justin School, you've got Brandon Walton. Uh, I think Matt Filer is probably like a, a emergency yep. you know, he's right tackle NFL, if they need. Yeah. yeah, he's played there. So they have some options. They want to see Gedeke succeed. But if he doesn't, I think you're going to see a much quicker hook. 
Well, let's get into some of the uh, the positives from Friday night. And from my vantage yeah. point, none were more than than Trey Palmer, who was uh, oh yeah star in that game. And help just catch me up to speed. Let's go back to the the draft process here. Mm-hmm. You obviously evaluate a lot of these guys. Yeah. What am I? What did I miss, or what did everybody miss with Trey Palmer that made this guy a six round pick? Because he certainly doesn't play like one. He looks yeah. looks like the Bucks have found an absolute steal in the sixth round. What was the thing that caused him to slide to that sixth round? You know, you're not supposed to draft the helmet. You're supposed to draft the player. Okay. And what that means is, is you can, you know, uh, pick a team, for example, um, um, you know, uh, let's, yeah, LSU, for example. Okay. (laughs) LSU is known for putting out uh, really good linebackers, right? Whether it's Devin White excelled in in college, Deion Jones, there's been a Kevin Minter. There's been a lot of, of linebackers from LSU that, that have, have come out. And so that's in the back of some scouts mind um, that LSU puts out good linebackers. And sometimes that's not always the case, but that that's kind of like a, a pro perception. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's, there's a con perception, Nebraska wide receivers, right? Right. There's Stan, there's Stanley Morgan, like back in the day, right? <laughs> From, wow. uh, you know, wow. he, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the, the old Patriots <laughs> receiver, right? There's, there's him. Wow. And then who else is there? Who else has played wide receiver coming out of Nebraska that has done anything in the league? And, and it's a program historically that has not had much of a passing game. Matter of fact, Trey Palmer, I think, is only one of two 1,000-yard receivers ever at Nebraska, yeah. right? And so I think that people look at the N on the helmet and they say, well, he, he was a Nebraska wide receiver. He got 1,000 yards, but, you know, whatever. And then the other thing too is he was a bit of a one-year wonder, right? He mm-hmm. was he was stacked, and and again, sometimes these little head games and biases yeah. come into scouts' minds, such as, well, why couldn't he get on the field at LSU? Well, I don't know. They had Jamar, Jamar Chase, Chase and, and Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson. <laughs> you know, Malik Neighbors. I mean, yeah. you know, who's an up-and-comer guy now? So, uh, Keon Butte. I mean, they, they've had a, yeah. a bunch of really good. Uh, LSU wide receivers they were ahead of some guys are late bloomers too that's right yeah Yeah. so I I think in a nutshell that's it it's it's one year wonder really one year production at Nebraska not known for a passing school and and I think those biases sometimes affect people and and you you fall down I mean like for example you look at Darren Sproles who went to my mom I'm a modern Kansas State five foot six running backs do not have a very good track record for success right they just don't he is the exception not the rule so you look at Deuce Vaughn, who's kind of tearing it up for the Cowboys now. We'll see what happens in his NFL career. I'm not saying he's in the next Darren Sproles, but but you know, came out of Kansas State, same school. Um, you know, so do you look at him and say, well, they did it before with Darren Sproles like 20 years ago? Is is he another exception? Or is it the rule that, you know what, most five foot five, five foot six, five foot seven running backs just don't make it? At the end of the day, scouting is a guessing game, right? Yeah. So that there's there's that part of it too. Scott Reynolds, Peter Report, joining us here. Um, slot corner, obviously, is one of the real true battles in this. Yeah. And, and it's a, you know, people can, oh, slot corner. Uh, it's a critical position, yeah. right? It's it's a very <laughs> critical position. And, and teams will attack you if you don't have somebody good in there. And there's a lot of yeah. good guys that play in there. It's it, I think it's a critical position. Where do you it see is, that right now? Well, it's it's probably going to be the weak link in terms of, of experience on the Bucks defense. And you're exactly right. We can sit here and say the Bucks are on a three, four defense under Todd Bowles all we want. Um, but in reality, it's it's a it's a four two five is really what he runs. 
you rarely see three linebackers on the field. And when I say linebackers, I don't mean outside linebackers like Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Shoenka. I mean inside linebackers, right? You don't right. have that that uh, uh, three linebackers across the board. Now, there, there's going to be a couple times where if if you're faced in a regular personnel format, you know, like a, a 12 personnel, 13 personnel, they might want an extra linebacker on there. You might see more of that true 3-4, and you might see – Servassier Dennis uh, out there at on the linebacker level uh, next to Devin White and uh, Levante David. But most of the time, the Bucks are a nickel. And that means a four-man front, two linebackers, and five DBs. And that fifth DB is your nickel. That's why they call it nickel. And that slot cornerback is either going to be Chris Izian, who's a rookie, Josh Hayes, who's a rookie, or Dee Delaney, who's been a career backup. Those are your three options right now. And Todd Bowles is not afraid to play rookies or young players. He did it in 2019. They drafted Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. Both of those rookie corners played a significant amount of football. The next year, Antoine Winfield Jr. was a starter wire to wire for the Bucks Super Bowl team in 2020. So he's not afraid of doing that. It just, you got to pick the right guy. Pick the best guy out of those. And that's a great options. I think it's going to be Chris Izian. We'll see. Um, and and uh, and if not, it might be Dee Delaney. I I I love my Kansas State guy, Josh Hayes. I think he's going to be a work in progress. He might be the guy that starts the season on the practice squad. But I think Izzy and right now is the inside track. And let's go to the competition that nobody wants to talk about, and that is the uh, the kicker competition. Which yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of weird. We've been so uh, we've been so accustomed to seeing so many kicker competitions. It feels like yes. year in and year out. And then for the last three years, we've had stability. Yeah. And here we are again, uh, Chase McLaughlin and uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Who do you yeah. think has the uh, the upper hand there? And is this are we going to be having to wince every time we see kicks again, you think, when the regular season starts? Well, when your name is Rodrigo Blankenship and your nickname is Hot Rod, right, Like you should get the job. I mean, I'm just saying. I he was Georgia Bulldog, and I, I, I love Hot Rod. Uh, matter of fact, little known fact, when I go on the road and I, and I order f- food at restaurants or whatever – um, I, I will, I will say, you know, they'll ask for your name so they can call out over the loudspeaker. I say Rodrigo, but you can call me hot rod. <laughs> so that's a little fun fact about Scott Reynolds, but back to your question. Um, I love it. I'd love, I'd love to see Rodrigo get it, but Chase McLaughlin, would you look at the hierarchy of things? He was the kicker signed in free agency, right? right. He was the guy that they kind of, you know, picked and said, and back in March, we want this guy to be our kicker. Then when, they had the other kicker, and I forgot his name because he's long gone uh, on the roster. He wasn't working out. Rodrigo was a late addition, and sometimes that matters, right? Because they had Matt Gay in house, and they brought in Ryan Suckup as the late addition, and Suckup ended right. up winning the job. I feel pretty good because both of these guys have have kind of been there and done that in the league. And when Rodrigo's been healthy in Indy, he had a really good, I think, rookie season, mm-hmm. and then he got hurt. So Chase McLaughlin. Both these guys are known for having big legs, and I think Chase ultimately wins it, but we'll see. Rodrigo, hot rod, started off hot in that first preseason game. I think this game against the Jets will be McLaughlin's game, and then you have the kicker duel in the third game with each guy probably alternating. I think it's going to go to McLaughlin. I think he's been a little bit more consistent in practice. But you're telling me we're not going to have a a Kyle Brenza, Patrick Murray situation here. 
Like, I hope not. It was, you're, you're bringing <laughs> back some. They're going to be dark memories, man. I can't help myself. Uh, I'm thinking about yeah. the tickers, and I'm like, hey, please don't let me go down these dark. Uh, these Jason days. Light has done a really, really good job finding offensive linemen right throughout his career. Tristan Wirfs, Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa. He's found. He's drafted well in the first round. He's found some gems from some smaller schools like Humboldt State and, and Marpet uh, from from Hobart College, right? Jason Light knows offensive line. That's why I'm giving him, you know, a little bit of leeway with, with Gedeke and Cody Malcolm. We'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Kickers, holy no crap, has this guy struggled, you know? I mean, he just has. He'll be the first to admit. And that, that should be the Achilles easiest heel. thing to evaluate, right? Kickball through, you know, if the guy yeah, did it in college, it, right. same it, freaking thing, for God's sake. Exactly. So Find the Lou Groza Award winner and, yeah, you know. Simple. And, yeah. And, but I you know what? He, he did that with Matt Gay. He did I it with Matt Gay. And Matt Gay is now... One of the best kickers in the league, but sometimes you need that change of scenery right. to excel and go to the next level. And that south end zone was just like the Bermuda Triangle for Matt Gay. And if he stayed in Tampa, I don't know if he would have continued to have success. I think sometimes in NFL players, and it's happened with the Buccaneers. Yeah. You know, John Gruden was famous for getting the Chris Hovans, you know, off the, the the trash heap, and and all of a sudden they kind of blossom in Tampa and. JPP was kind of left for dead up there in, yeah. in New York, and he comes down here, gets a Super Bowl, gets a Pro Bowl. So it's unfortunate, right? Because he did draft a really good kicker after he drafted a really bad kicker. And um, uh, we're not even going to mention his name, the Florida State guy. I don't, I don't want to you know, tarnish your school there, JPP. Roberto. Roberto. And that yeah, guy, Aguayo. all he did was make every freaking kick in college. Yeah, he exactly. Draft the guy, you know, and everybody's, you can't use a, a pick that high. Look. If he's if he's the best kicker in college yeah. in the last three years, oh, yeah. you figure. But I tell you, I will say this. And I don't know if you ever said the first time I interviewed the dude, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Well <laughs> he is he Jason is. Light won't say it, but I'll say it for him. He got sold a bag of goods. Yeah. With with that. He he did not get good scouting whatsoever when it when it comes to uh, you know, the, the right intel from Florida State. I'll just leave it at that. What's inside. I mean, some yeah. guys, you know, when it comes, when you get to the NFL, yeah. you get wide eyed and you understand that, uh, you know, these guys' mortgages right. and their contracts are, are, are on your, on your, and, and they freak out. They can't yeah. handle it. And that's what happened to that kid. Here's a quick little uh, Roberto story. If you remember when the Bucks went out to play the Chargers, this is like several years ago. I think it was his rookie season. Jameis Winston, of all people, stood up before the season started and said, hey, when we go on the road, no wives and girlfriends. This is not a vacation. Like, leave him at home. Tell him, honey, I'll see you, you know, Sunday night after the game. But no wives and girlfriends. Okay? It's just not happening. So uh, what happened was, um, and I'm not going to say who said this. It was someone within the Bucks organization told me this. That uh, before the game on, like, Sunday morning, Roberto's girlfriend was, was in the lobby yelling and screaming at Roberto. <laughs> and that person said, oh, my God. Oh, God, he's not going to have a good day. And I think he missed like a kick or two. The, the Bucks ended up winning, I think, because of a Levante David pick six. They came back to beat the, the <laughs> Phillip Rivers led Chargers. But it, it, it happened. He, Roberto didn't have a good day. I mean, kicking is like 90% mental, 10% physical, yeah. and it's pass-fail. Either you make it and you get the A, or you miss it, you get the F. It's all and it. it does take a, a ton of, of mental toughness and, yeah. and mental fortitude. Yeah, more more than I would have, certainly. But, um, yep. yeah. And, and by the way, the Re Rodrigo Blankenship, I saw him in the locker room. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just odd to see a man that looks like that 
walk oh, yeah. in and, and have Pasty a Pasty white. Yeah, have and he's got he's got the specs on it. <laughs> his like little his hashtag <laughs> is respect the specs. You know, he's got a cool sense of humor. He's a cool dude, he but is. he looks like the geekiest football player oh you could God, possibly like, imagine. I, I would say he looked like my paper boy, but my paper boy is is, is a little Ooh. bit bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I, listen, Kickball back in the eighty, uh, all you gotta do. Yeah, but back in the eighties or nineties, you know, I, I would say, hey. uh, is this you know should you be in band you know you can't say that now because it's not politically correct but 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 back then i would have you said can't that. on this show you can say okay that well there we go i just said yeah. I, uh, I hate yeah. to come in with this this bad news but scott your guys at pewter report just put this out a couple minutes yeah. ago that russell gage was taken off the field on a cart not putting weight on his leg and it does not look good yeah russell well, gage I, i'm just getting a phone call now from from those guys so yeah, uh, we talked about Trey Palmer, and uh, he's going to go. be your he's going to be your third wide receiver for sure. So yeah, there you go. I, um, Russell Gage, listen, in my, in my opinion, I think he was going to get passed on the depth chart anyways. He's been behind, um, you know, he he just did not look like he was back. I mean, he missed some time with that that injury. Um, I'm I'm gonna I got to do a story right now, so it's good for we go. winding this down. But but yeah. Um, Trey Palmer's wide receiver three. Devin Tompkins wide receiver four. Yep. Uh, I don't know what the, the injury is, but I would not be surprised if he's IR. Because the thing is, he's guaranteed his money, $7 million. He did the pay cut. So the $7 million is, is set in stone. He's going to get paid whether he's playing and occupying a roster spot or whether he's on IR. He's going to get his money. At this point in time, I'm like, if, if you can't stay healthy, you can't help the club in the tub, right? Yeah. The, the greatest part of been, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the greatest ability is availability. And if, if you're not ready to help the team, like let Devin Tompkins get out there. Let Trey yeah. Palmer get out there. Make a roster spot for, for David Moore, who looks really good. How about really Raheem good. Jarrett, right? Really I, I think there's, there's enough rosters, yeah. uh, receivers in this roster. You don't need Russell Gage to have success. Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right, Scotty, uh, tell the folks before you get out of here where to go find that story on uh, Cage getting, getting taken yeah. off the field. Well, at PeterReport.com, we'll have a story up as soon as I write it, probably in about 15 minutes. Uh, you can also follow Matt and Sly. They're tweeting all the action on X. Is it, it feels weird to say tweeting on X, but I guess that's where we're, they're posting X-ing on, on X, X now. Xing, X-ing on, on X. X. At Peter Report, you can find us uh, on Facebook and uh, an Instagram, also at Peter Report. And then again, 7 p.m. tonight, we've got uh, the Peter Report podcast live from New York. Matt and Adam up there. And that's on our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Make sure you subscribe to that. Join uh, the Pewter people. We have over 11,200 subscribers, and we want you to be the next one. I want to see what uh, Luke Gedicke doing against those uh, Jets defensive ends and one-on-ones. We shall yeah. see. We'll find All right. out. All right, Scotty, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you it. You got it, guys. Uh, Nick, JP, Great we'll Scott you. Reynolds right there, or Rodrigo, if he's uh, getting a, a pie at the, at, the, at the pizza place. Rodrigo. Extra pepperoni, double cheese. I need it. What, what name am I going to use? I need to come up with a name for one of those. I don't know. You said you love Servassier, so. Serv- there you go. You nailed it. Servassier. That's going to be my it. name. Yep. Servassier from now on. I'm going to oh. be Servassier. Yes. But goodness gracious. That's Starbucks. Goodness Starbucks. gracious, this injury to Russell Starbucks. Gage. Not looking good, by the way. I heard he was. It's, I'm reading the tweets here. I guess he was crying. Um obviously everybody kneeling around him and everything. So does not look good whatsoever. And it sounds like according to Rick Stroud that he was backpedaling when it happened. Backpedaling. So just non, non-contact, just non-contact. What it sounds like. And we all know what that 
typically means. Wow. I just some guys are just injury prone, man. They're just injury prone. It's it's crazy. Got, some guys can go 215 games without missing a game, Ronde. And then some guys can't go one game. It's honestly a shame. This guy, I don't know if you've gotten a like clearly by the by the definition of a free agent signing, he is a bust. Yeah. There is no other way to look at it. But it's unfortunate because it's just been injuries that have certainly derailed his time here in Tampa Bay. And this is going to be another lost season. And all of a sudden, the the wide receiver depth is going to be – it's going to be tested, but I think the Bucks have a lot of talent there with Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins to get by. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I've, I've, always, I've always been like, you know – and this is, I, I don't want this to sound like hindsight guy, you know, but signing up a, a receiver to that much money that Jason Light signed him to – and I know he, he torched the Bucks and had, you know, a good season for Atlanta – but there's so many good receivers in the draft. It's a, receivers right. are a lot like running backs, except for the number ones and the one A's, right? You know, the Godwin, even Godwin, you found him in the third round. You know, Trey Palmer is going to beat out Russell Gage. He was a six-round pick. He was going to beat him out anyway, right? So to go out and spend that much money on a wide receiver two or three, you know, when you got Godwin and Evans, I never really thought of that as a great expenditure. Well, let's be honest. Like, because go spend of, it on a, on a lineman, for God's sake. Right, sense. but because of the fact that we were in that window with, with Brady. Tom Brady, and yeah. you, they were looking at it, I think, specifically of how are we going to replace Antonio Brown. I think right. that's in, in Chris Godwin's injury, obviously. He's not going to be what he used to be, at least for year one. Yeah. How do we replace Good that? Points. So Good points. The, I think in the moment it made sense. But on the after, and you know Brady, Brady didn't want to work with a rookie. He he doesn't want to work with rookies. So right, and, I, and, and there's no problem. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. No, but absolutely. This, Load for this up. team now, Russell Gage is probably not of use. And you know, you make a great point. If it wasn't the Brady situation, he probably wouldn't have done it. He probably wouldn't have done it. I don't think he would have spent that money on on a Russell Gage. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing. That offense was dependent on getting guys who could beat other guys one on one and run great routes. You know, it would. Okay, they had to beat their that. guy. So. Yeah, hard for rookies, even great ones, to come in and be able to have the nuances of getting open like that. So, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think in general he wouldn't do that, but in that case probably was told to by the by the real GM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will uh, we'll talk a little bit more Buccaneers. We'll get an update on what's going on with uh, the Bucks and Jets. we got some other stories to get to around the NFL. Uh, update on the Michael Orr situation, a um, little bit of NBA crazy-ass news. So lots more to get to in the second hour. Stay with us here. We're brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, he was on with us yesterday. And one of the great reasons you go to him is because he spends an hour going over your blood work and telling you what you should be doing, how to adjust your nutrition and your supplements because of it for optimum health. Um, it's just fantastic how much time you get with him and how much interest he takes and gives you a personal plan, folks. Preventative medicine, not after the fact, preventative medicine before it happens. That's the way they do it at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. B-A-M-M-C.com. Make your appointment today. Back in three. Stay with us. Well, the Golden Diamond Source will purchase a variety of different types of coins and bullion. Their gold buying program includes sterling silver, silver, platinum, and watches. They also accept unusual pieces that other jewelry stores do not, such as gold bars and sterling silver flatware. 
The list of items they do accept is far more extensive than those they don't. So check it out. While you're there, you can check out the largest collection of any family-owned jewelry store in the country, especially with summer coming to an end. The holidays are right around the corner. Never too early to start your holiday shopping, especially if you're planning on getting engaged or have any birthdays or anniversaries coming up. Come on in and find out what buying jewelry should be like with an expert staff of gold and diamond jewelry enthusiasts. And the best part, they treat you like family. And if you're worrying about price, don't. The Golden Diamond Source has something for everyone's budget. They even have a layaway. If you stop in and get your favorite piece now, you can have it paid off by Christmas. Plus, you can even finance your purchase with 0% interest for up to five years. And you can get a $5,000 diamond for only $83 a month. It's the greatest folks in the world. Julian Steve Weintraub, the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road. Always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work. She did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium a thousand dollars folks that's real real money and that's what you get at italiano insurance great customer service and here's another note for you by the way with hurricane season up 40 percent of people in florida are underinsured that means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement cost you're going to get 40 percent less than you deserve can't let that happen call the folks at italiano insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards it will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results, non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve. And treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for Local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. 
Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Gold and Diamond Source. If you've got any flatware, sterling silver, gold bullion, gold coins, silver coins, anything like that, any precious metals laying around the house, old jewelry, take it on down to the Gold and Diamond Source, and they will give you cold, hard cash. Good time to do it. Uh, Just get that extra cash if it's jewelry that's just laying around, right? Uh, The Gold and Diamond Source will take a lot of stuff you think maybe they won't, but give them a call or just bring it down there, and they'll tell you what the – they can give you it's, uh, getting good prices for that stuff right now. So go do it. The gold and diamond source. And of course, if you're looking for that engagement ring, no better place to do it. It's the golden diamond source, 3,800 Omerton road, always online at the golden diamond source.com. I had a, a couple, couple notes. I'm, I'm starting to see here from camp. If you'd like to hear a few, uh, mm-hmm. first off, not that surprising, but of note, Ryan Jensen's not out there again. Um, Is he even there? I haven't even seen him out there, according to Pewter Report here. Wow. Um, first play of first play of a uh, team on team drills. Um, I think it was a seven on seven period. Aaron Rodgers connected with Garrett Wilson on a on a probably a sixty yard throw over Carlton Davis, okay, and it looking it looked very very nice from Rodgers to uh, to Garrett Wilson, might I add. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happened, and then also some good stuff here. Shaq Barrett appears to be having his way with Makai Becton. Oh, nice. Jets O line and Shaq looking good. So, couple couple news and notes there coming. Obviously, in addition to the Russell Gage injury, which, as we said, does not look good so far for him. Yeah, but I, I guess I don't. You know, I hate to say this, but if there's any segment that uh, we can afford an injury, it's at the wide receiver position. Not to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, mind you, but um, yeah. And it's in these, um, you know, and it's these are the the practices that really are going to tell us something and. I was watching uh, Get Up this morning on ESPN and it, the whole Mike Greenberg Jets thing, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. It, it, it was funny the first 50 times he did it, but now it's just annoying. Wait, which part? Like, a, a, like every day. It's just like, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he's a Jet. Uh, my, my fantasy come true with my team. Uh, it's like it's, a, it's, all, it's all it's about. Like the first couple times it was funny. We understand you're a Jets fan. There are 31 other teams in the league you probably should be covering, uh, not just the Jets. Um, and their offensive line is is questionable, and and this is I was hoping to hear some of this. To be quite honest, I wanted to hear that the the, the Bucks pass rushers were well, having some yeah. success. I was just going to get to that. I'm reading more uh, tweets here, and I don't know if these are all in like consecutive plays, but it sounds like they're they're doing a really good job of getting to Rogers, and there be a, there's a multiple here that would be sacks so far that are forcing incompletions from from Mister Rogers. So good. it seems like the Bucks are having their way with the Jets' offensive line, based on what I'm reading. Good. Um, and what about the Jets? Uh, well, they probably haven't gotten to that segment yet. The Jets' um, defensive line against the Bucks' offensive line. That's something yeah. I'll be very, very interested to see. Because, um, you know, the Jets' defense is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Yeah. No, and they had their way. They they were the ones who went up against Bryce Young, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. In the yes. first preseason game. And he faced pressure on like three of his seven dropbacks and mm-hmm. was under siege most of the time. Uh, Jermaine Johnson gave him the, uh, the welcome to the NFL moment. Uh, and this is a, this is a Jermaine Johnson. Um, we are Jermaine Johnson stands. I guess we will call ourselves JP. Yes. Always rooting on the FSU boy. Damn right. Um, you know, the, the Jared verse, the first Jared verse, right? Right. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, this is very, very good evaluation stuff. And we haven't seen Shaq Barrett really 
You know, he didn't see him in the game in week one. We haven't really seen him. And I don't I don't want to judge Shaq Barrett going up against Luke Gedeke. That's not, you know, that's not going to tell me anything with all due respect. Um, so I want to see him against Mekhi Becton. want to see him against the Jets guys and and, and vice versa. Um, I'm trying to, I'm looking up, you know, Quinn and Williams, uh, what, third or fourth best in, interior tackle. Carl Lawson on the outside, you know, one of the best speed rushers in the game for the Jets. Uh, John Franklin Myers, Al Woods inside. I mean, they've got and they uh, got, they drafted Will McDonald as well, fifteenth yeah. overall at Iowa State, a guy who I like for the Bucks, and they took pretty high at fifteen, and also Jermaine Johnson. So they are they are loaded up there. Yeah, uh, Quincy Williams, you know, and the linebackers and, and Mosley and Sherwood. The, these guys can freaking play. Um, so yeah, the Jets the Jets are going to be really good on defense. They're going to be really good on defense. So this is going to be a great test for the Bucks offense to see see where they're at. So I'll look forward to, and we'll keep you up to date as the, the day goes on. Speaking of the Jets, uh, can you queue up the Robert Sala um, team meeting where he absolutely just roasts his offensive line? Um, this is some of the best stuff I love about hard knocks when they keep it real and they don't edit it out. And this is, uh, and this is what I would say is a head coach holding a segment of his team accountable for their lack of production. Let's listen. So last night, I went back in my office, I turned off my lights and I would just watch the silent tape. All right, you guys know how important to me the silent tape is because the silent tape represents who the fuck we are. Defense, our style was all over this bitch yesterday. And it was awesome to see because that's our standard, that's who we are. All right, offense. Guys, it was our first fucking opportunity to change the stink that's been in this organization for a very long time on the offensive side of the ball. You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can have two $10 million plus receivers. You can have a reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all kinds of skill in the running back room. None of it fucking matters until the big boys up front change who the fuck we are. We as coaches, we as an organization can't want it more than you. And I'm watching that tape all night last night, trying to find something to show that we're fucking changing. And it didn't show, and it was our first op. And I'd love to say we got another practice, but you know what? It's like Sunday. You don't get Monday morning to go redo. It's getting your mind right to represent who the fuck you are every single fucking time you are on the fucking field. (laughs) We'll fix for footwork. We'll fix all that shit. But you can't fix shit until we know you're giving everything you got. Making it fucking hurt, straining and fighting for everything you fucking got. Because we will go as you go. We proved last year that we're a 7-10 and 10 football team with a really fucking good defense and a mediocre offense. That's, that's about what we proved. Flip that fucking shit. We don't get any more second chances. Hello! <laughs> wow, man. That's uh, yeah, I, I'm sure Todd Bowles has given that speech, or maybe he hasn't. But um, wow, that 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 is that's real. That's real. Loved it. Absolutely freaking loved it. And those are the same guys that are going out there today against your Buccaneers. And and I hope Todd Bowles gave the same message to his defensive line and his defense and his offensive line as well, to be quite honest. Like what you showed 
I don't care who you were playing against, what starters were out there, but what you showed on Friday night was an effing embarrassment. 12 penalties. I don't know how many of them were on the offensive line, but it seemed like every single one. I mean, it was just awful. Getting beat off the ball, getting beat, you know, knocked back. You know, it's uh, it's it's embarrassing. What are you going to do about it? I love I love how he doesn't censor himself just because there's cameras all over the no, room. No. I, love, I love that fact. And I tell you what, to the point of hard knocks and through two weeks, remember how they were saying that hard knocks was going to be different this year and the Jets weren't going to allow certain things and all that because yeah. they didn't even want to be on the show in the first place? At least through two episodes, I have not gathered that whatsoever. This has been pretty intense, I think. And Robert Salah is a, a pretty intense guy, as most of these defensive coaches are. Yeah. I mean, that sounded like a, a classic like offensive line coach. Yeah, it did. going it in that did. room yeah. and taking control of it. And I saw like they showed Rogers in that clip and he's got this little smile on his face. Like, you know, he really likes this guy. You could see it. And, you know, you need a kick in the ass. I mean, the good thing is for the Bucks seem like, again, as I said so far, it seems like they're having their way with this Jets offensive line to the point where I just I just read. And this is this is typical for these joint practices. We got multiple skirmishes. We got fights going on already. And Levante David was just at the heart of one. Levante David. Wow. After he after he blew through the offensive line for a tackle for loss, got into it with an offensive lineman on the jet. So uh, clearly, I mean, for Levante David to get involved in that, you don't see he that. Got a, he got a, he got a little uh, involved the other day when uh, Luke Gedicke and uh, and and Devin White were going after it. Um, yeah, listen, man. This is this is, and this is you know maybe why the Jets only wanted one because they know that they're they're going to get blown up by by their offensive line is going to get blown up. So it's so ridiculous. It's such a it's such a piss poor Jets thing to do. If that's Robert Sala doing that, you know, you're not as tough as I thought you were because if you won't do two two practices with the other team that you promised to do, that's just that's just. Ah, that's clown show stuff, man, by the Jets. But they're a clown organization, always have been. That's just something that they do. Uh, I, I, and I and I wish, I wish that the, the, the Bucks would be less classy, like Jason Light or somebody in the organization would come out and call them out and say, that's bull crap. You don't do that. We, you know, we, we, we've made our whole training camp, a lot of the decisions based on how much work we were going to get, you know, with, with your team. And then you cut it in half. That's and and by the way, I, I have to think, and there, from what I just read, there's already been four fights so far. We're like barely even into this practice. Typically, I feel like when that happens, don't they usually sometimes want to cut things short if it starts getting intense like that too? Yeah. So you might even lose more practice time there, which I'm sure the Bucks can't be happy about. But, you know, as I said with Scott, I think we were all waiting to see at least the quarterbacks for the – because remember how they said that, that this was going to be more of a determining yeah. factor than their own training camp yeah. and maybe even the preseason games? But, you know, as I said, I think I'm ready to just wrap a bow on this because I don't see a path for Kyle Trask to get back into this, to be honest with you. So at this well, point – I think it's, it's ongoing. It's, on, it's Nick, it's not just about the first game, though. You know, it's not about just the first game. say it's ongoing, but Baker Mayfield is going to be out there week one. I know, but I'm just saying – this this training camp and this this evaluation is ongoing. It's still a competition to see who's going to be the quarterback moving forward, not the quarterback of the first week. Okay, week one is going to be Baker Mayfield. I think that was probably decided a long time ago. It would just be stupid to put give Kyle Trask his first start on the road in that building against that team. That's just dumb. That's just that that's what that's what Jets organizations do. That's what dumbass organizations do. You got a guy that's experienced. 
he's going to get the first shot. It's shot. It doesn't mean that Kyle Trask is not going to play. I think the only way Kyle Trask doesn't start this year is if Baker Mayfield just gets the job in week one and kicks ass. Yeah, like if it's he 2020 Baker Mayfield. Right. If, and if that's what we see, then, you know, sorry, Kyle. If, if there's an injury, you get a shot. But And that's fine. If that's the way it goes, then we've done I, something yeah. right. I, I picked just, the right guy. I just, to me, it's like where I'm at with this whole thing is I feel like, like Baker had the upper hand to start and then Trask took it away from him a little bit and then Baker ramped it up again to another level. And then now it's kind of like Baker's at that level or even still taking steps. And Kyle seems like he's just kind of petered out. That's just kind of the way I view it. Yeah. 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 And that's good. You want to see somebody take control of the job and Baker's done that. You know, I, I think a lot of this is just media driven, you know, let's just be honest. Ira put something out. Rick came back with something else, you know, and it's back and forth and everybody gets into it. It's like, come on, you know, it's, it is what it is. Baker's going to start week one. I think we all knew that. Um, and then we'll see where it goes. I, I, I think it's fair to say that both things are true, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think they've decided on Baker's number one, but I still think there's a competition. They're still, they're still evaluating both guys within the organization. And that's fair to Kyle Trask. I think that's fair. And, and honestly, if I was Kyle Trask, I'd say thank you. I, w- I just you're, you're setting him up to fail by putting him out there at Minnesota week one. You are. And right. he's going to get a shot. And at least, and, and again, the good thing about having the competition is at least he's getting these reps with the ones and getting a quote unquote fair shot to be the quarterback. So if that opportunity comes later exactly. in the season and ba- if Baker's injured or if Baker's not doing what he needs to do, Kyle's going to be a much more equipped to handle that role exactly. than he would have been if you gave Baker Mayfield the job in March. This is part of the reason that. why they did it. That's the whole reason reason why they did it. That's the whole reason. I'm just telling you, I think the Bucs have already have had it, you know, not Sharpie then, but I think they've had it written in with a pencil, not on the official depth chart that they put out every week where they say, or on their other personal depth chart, I think they've had Baker in there for a while and they've been waiting to see if Trask could take it away from him. Right. Times it looked like he was going to, but Baker has risen to the occasion so far. Well, also I think they wanted to know, does Kyle even have a chance of being a starting quarterback in this league? Because You know, he hasn't had the opportunity to show that. And I think he showed he could do this. He could do this. Now, Baker's better right now, but giving Kyle opportunities with the ones to show you, because you can't evaluate him if he's constantly with the twos. He's not getting any reps with the ones. You can't, if you, if you do that, you're never going to value. I think he's gotten enough reps with the one where the Bucks can go, okay, this guy's got a shot. Let's see how he progresses. We'll continue to give him opportunities and we'll see how he progresses. And then at some point this year, we'll get a favorable spot. You know, Baker's a little beat up. we got a game at home against maybe not the toughest team in the world. Hey, this might be a good chance to give Kyle the start. Let's give him a shot see what he can do. And I think that's their that'd be their best-case scenario right now. Fair? Yeah, yeah I would agree. I yeah. would agree with that. And I think that's a smart way to go about it. I think it's a smart way to go about it. Uh, all right, let's take another break. We'll uh, come back on the other side, get into a couple other notes. Uh FSU, the deadline has come and gone for them to leave the ACC this year. What does that mean moving forward? Uh, a development in the Tui case with Michael Orr. Messi last night. Did you see that? Wow. We'll talk about all that when we come back. We're brought to you by Extravaganza Productions. If you're having a, a meeting, a charity event, big birthday coming up for somebody, why not go to the professionals and see what they can do for you? Have a free creative session with the folks at Extravaganza Productions that do parties like nobody else. Get real professionals involved 
Check out their warehouse full of all kinds of crazy props. Have a lot of fun with it. They'll give you a free creative session if you tell them you heard it on the JP Show. So go to extravaganzaproductions.com and see if they can help you out. Back in three. Stay with us. guy did it again a listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called scott fitzgerald at american mortgage services of tampa and fit saved him 618 dollars on his monthly payment are you kidding me folks that's big money rates are going up they're going down they're going all over the place scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates email him scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595 that's fitz the mortgage guy Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again, once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates. So I called Charity at Italiano Insurance. And she stayed till 930 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work. She did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money. And that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up, 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. It will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community. Been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify.
booth, they don't. So check it out. While you're there, you can check out the largest collection of any family-owned jewelry store in the country, especially. But to an end, the holidays right around the corner. Never too early to start your holiday shopping, especially if you're planning on getting engaged or have any birthdays or anniversaries coming up. Come on in and find out what buying jewelry should be like with an expert staff of gold and diamond jewelry enthusiasts. And the best part, they treat you like family. If you're worrying about price, don't. The Golden Diamond Source has something for everyone's budget. They even have a layaway. If you stop in and get your favorite piece now, you can have it paid off by Christmas. Plus, you can even finance your purchase with 0% interest for up to five years. And you can get a $5,000 diamond for only $83 a month. It's the greatest folks in the world. Julian Steve Weintraub, the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road. Always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome back to the JP Peterson Show brought to you by the great folks at American Mortgage Services. I'll see my buddy Scott Fitzgerald tonight. He's at a a big conference over here in Orlando for mortgage brokers as they um, try to figure out what the hell's going on in the mortgage market. I'll tell you what, Scott will get you the best mortgage at the lowest prices, the lowest fees. And if you're looking for a refi, he'll get that done for you too quickly. And uh, without all those bogus extra fees. So contact him, Scott at AMSTampa.com, Scott at AMSTampa.com. All right, let's welcome in our good friend. It's been way too long since we've had him on the show. The great one, the big O, Orestes Destrada, joining us there. What's up, O? Money, the one and only JP. You know what? It has been too long, and uh, I've been uh, enjoying a little bit of a hiatus and uh, uh with the family and Good for you uh but you know definitely uh kind of needed to come back on with you a little bit more more readily man because you put on a good show and i enjoy when we go back and forth so it's good to be back on with you buddy thank you so much man and um for all those that are out there O's doing great right family's good everything's moving forward Amen. uh to hear that good. still travailing through some issues uh that are just, you know, we just have to kind of uh, get accustomed yeah. to as far as some illnesses. But, other, you know, we're really, thankfully, overall good. And um, we're just moving forward, man. We've got a lot of things to be thankful yeah. in this life, in this country that we live in. So I don't think we, we thank this country and, and, and our lives enough sometimes. Because, you know, it, it's just easy to complain and you can get into the doldrums yeah. sometimes and and I know I, I got into that for a couple of years when, you know, I was dealing with my son's illness and, and my wife's uh, brain tumor all of a sudden. I was like, it's tough, oh, man. Well, but the bottom line is that, you know, once you get through these things and you're blessed as we were, then uh, you have to be, you have to give thanks. Yep. Absolutely, man. Uh, health is the most important part. All right. Uh, we have to uh, talk about some very unfortunate circumstances when it comes to the Rays. We'll get to the good part in a bit, but um, this deal with Wander Franco, you know, you're a lot more knowledgeable yeah. on the Dominican Republic, uh, the culture there, what what goes on down there. Give us as best you can your feel for what's going on, what's going to happen. How do you see this thing playing out? All right. I mean, from what, the latest news and unless it's changed in the last few hours since I've been, I've been in some meetings. In fact, I was at a wonderful place that definitely everybody should support. I'm doing, I'm going to start doing a lot of good things with uh, uh, metropolitan ministries over here mm. in, in Tampa and uh, downtown Tampa, but you know, they're everywhere. Yeah, uh, folks. And, and uh, just had some nice 
talks with them about some projects we're going to be doing and, and especially in the, uh, the Hispanic community. So I might have missed anything, you know, in the last few hours. But as of yesterday, obviously, there was a, you know, a new allegation. This one, not from the girl that had put, posted the, the scandalous accusations that interestingly, as you and I uh, know, and we talked about a little bit uh, last night, um, was taken down and deleted fairly quickly. So yes. that kind of tells me that, that that was addressed, quote unquote. And by that, I mean that, you know, listen, there are certain times when celebrities and high profile people, uh, even if they're innocent, it's best to just pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. Make it go away. Make it go away. I'm hoping yeah. that he's smarter than that. But um, but then there's another one that has come forth or come about that I guess they both, but they being the, the, the girl, uh, allegedly 17, and, and Wander and his people, they both kind of like have challenged each other and, and, and made claims at. So I'm sure Wander's like, leave me alone. And hers is like, hey, he did this and that. And he said, she said. If, listen, JP, if this all stays, he said, she said, then he's exonerated, right? Yeah. Um, if there's a smoking gun scenario, MLB's taking this and, and, and deservedly so, and rightfully so, they're taking it extremely serious and they're doing their CSI super sleuth thing by going yeah. over there and they're in Bonny, Dominican Republic right now where he hails from and where these, you know, um, these allegations are coming out of, uh, and they're going to try to turn over every stone and, and figure out if, if, if not, if, if the only thing that's there is, you know, quote unquote hearsay, or he said, she said, then, then he's in the clear. However, that, would come about you know but you were right i will say one last thing because you mentioned it at the beginning the culture over there is different than here the culture and i played winter ball there you know four different times and you know it's a little there's a lot of major guys not major but i mean young players and older players that have gone back over there and they're, you know, worth millions of dollars and there are some of them are on their way up and there's groupies and they get targeted. Unfortunately, they're from all different ages. So yep. it falls on said player and, and uh, celebrity, if you will, to discern and make sure that he's dealing with, with what he's dealing with that, you know, you, right. you confirm that the, that said girl is of age because the optics are horrible right now. Right. Yeah, they're terrible. And and this brings another question. Oh, um, you know, given and we don't know how this is going to turn out. And obviously that will dictate a lot of what moves forward with the Rays. But given that we've we've seen the issues with him, you know, quote, being a bad teammate. And that's coming from the Rays themselves, suspending a player, sure. taking it out into public. These are very unusual steps for this organization, for any organization to make. Now, on top of this, and as I said at the beginning of the show, if you're exposed, if you're uh, showing immature behavior within your baseball life, there's a pretty good chance there's some immature behavior in your regular life. And do the Rays want to move forward? This ownership group, or perhaps as as we know, there's a new ownership group that may be taking control of this soon. Um, Possibly. Yes. Do do they do they want to move forward? Major problem, JP. Yes. Yes. Because imagine if you know, 
you're trying to sell a multi-million, and this is obviously billions, but let's just use it like in the real estate market. And I was just, you know, pr yeah. promoting your mar uh, mortgage companies that you, <laughs> you know, that you're uh, representing and promoting yes. nicely. I'm sure they're great. Yes. But you know what? If it's a multi, you know, $30 million house, and all of a sudden you've got it all clean and you got it good and you, you know, everything is nice and, and, and there's no problem. So landscaping, the rooms, the <laughs> granite, but all of a sudden, you know, you have a major leak in the, in the roof and you can't seem to clean it up. That's going to be tricky to, to, to sell to off sell. that house. Yep. So now all of a sudden, even if he's exonerated, it, it, it might be, this could cause a problem because, um, like I said, the optics don't look good. And that, unfortunately, is Wander's own fault because yeah. barring him, you know, these, these, uh, these pictures and things like that, because, hey, listen, man, Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge, you know, they all, somebody gets next to them at a, at a, at a restaurant and they take a picture. Hey, give me a kiss on the cheek. And, you know, maybe they do that. And then somebody could, you know, uh, you know, allege a, million, a myriad of things, right? right? So barring it being that, but it, it seems like it was more than that, whether it was inappropriate and they were actually, quote unquote, hooking up. It's still the optics are terrible. Why would you put yourself in that scenario? So here you have a situation where he could get exonerated, JP, mm -hmm. and, and, and still not look nice. He won't, he won't be the Houston Astros who, got, who were guilty, but he'll be more like a Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun was dealing with women. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. a major difference in Deshaun Watson, who never got, you know, uh, he, I'm sure he paid a crap load of money, right? Because he didn't go right. to jail. But the league, you know, slapped him on the wrist hard. And and then, you you know, there's always going to be that that looming thing on Deshaun Watson. I don't care what. Imagine the, the Cleveland Browns, which I doubt going into the season, but hypothetically, they go to a Super Bowl. What's going to be the talk that whole two weeks? Oh, my God. No, it's going to be all Deshaun Watson. Exactly. It's all and, uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be goody-goody stuff. It doesn't go away. Right now. The stuff like they, this they doesn't go away. away and, and get away because it's just, you know, they're not in the playoffs. They haven't been a front-line team. But it's up. So here's the raid. They go to the playoffs. They got a dramatic team. By the way, this has been a, a, a crappy week because you, you, we're also going to talk about how they lost. They lost. Uh, you know, one, arguably one of the top five pitchers in in all of baseball, McClanahan, yet again to another Tommy John. So you know, but if they do go far, and they're deep in the playoffs, you know, the World Series, what's going to be the top the talk? Even if he's exonerated, brother. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, and that's why I wonder if he's going to come back to this team. Arrestus Destrada joining us, if longtime Rays broadcaster. And, oh, I got to ask you, you know, to me, I've always wondered about this clubhouse, you know, or is there a veteran in that clubhouse that can teach these kids how to be pros and how to be mature and how to handle yourself? I think they've, they've had a need for that for quite some time. And I wonder, did the, has the organization ever come to you as an established, well-respected Latino player in this league, um, used other players within the league to try to get to wander and what is your perception of the way he has handled his business over these last couple of years? I think there was, you know, I think you make a great point there. And it was unfortunately, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. 
but there was an oversight there by by this quote unquote administration, if you will, when you're yeah. talking about different ownerships and different, you know, uh, head people. Because if you look at a different administration back in 2008, uh, the, you know, Joe Andrew Biden Friedman and, and, and Hunsaker and, and, and Andrew Friedman, uh, Friedman. Yeah. Uh, what happened then? Who did they have? Not only did they had all these great young talents and David Price and Evan Longoria, BJ Upton, right? But they also had Eric Kinski. They also mm-hmm. had Cliff Floyd. Yep. You know, you know, so they, and I'm just, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I'm sure, I think there was two or three other viable veterans along with these exciting young talents. You're not seeing that right now. I, I right. think they've kind of like overlooked that in lieu of they're having, they having such a strong, and I commend them on what I'm going to about to say, such a strong lineage of A ball, rookie ball, A ball, double A, triple A of the same mantra and the same thought process, and they try to have the same type of players all the way to the big leagues. But all of a sudden, this guy signs a $190 million-plus contract, and he's not even the same as he was when he first got called up. Exactly. Because I, 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 there was never that type of report from what I heard when he was in A-ball, double-A, triple-A, right? Yeah. Cocky, a little flashy, the whole you know typical Latino flash, but good teammate, hard-nosed guy, never wanted to come out of a game, blah, 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 hustler. I'm telling you, he signed that contract, and, a, you know, proverbial went to their head. Yep. Has been very, you know, shown up. Uh, and, 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 and obviously, you know, you, you not having that type of influence, JP, you make a good point. That, that I think that uh, was, in hindsight, should have been addressed. And, I, you know, I've been – I've witnessed this a lot in my career watching different baseball teams and covering them and, and talking to different players. And when you have a, a clubhouse where you have a lot of strong personalities, strong Latino personalities like Randy Arozarena, Yandy Diaz, and Wander Franco, uh, Jose Siri, um, you know, it's for them all to mesh together. It's, you know, it takes, it, it takes guys got to be on the same page. And we've heard that, you know, Randy and, and Yandy got into one. Now, Randy and Franco got into one. I mean, they got into a good one. Yeah. I mean, so take us into the clubhouse. How do you repair that stuff? No, there's no, there's no, the, the Hispanic um, culture, if you will, is not the greatest right now for the Rays. The rest of the culture is outstanding. The American culture, if you will, black and white. And even if you want to go Asian back in the day when they had yeah, you know, sure, yeah. Uh, phenomenal, right? right. But uh, not, I, I have to agree with you. I, I think that um, there's been a, a little oversight and that it has not been, you know, what, 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 it, what it should be, what it could be. Because you, you think about it, look how many different over the last season and a half, you just mentioned two or three or four different little, you know, Dust up scenarios and, yeah. and, and bickerings and serious upsetness from guys that are not that veteran that haven't done that much in the major league. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, you're not talking about these guys are MVPs, right? You know, and they the the, the reins just got loosened up. It's like having a dog and you just oh my gosh, I I let him go 
and 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 they got uh, they've gotten a little crazy and you have to reel that back in and they have one of if not the best manager yep in in baseball all that being said having played in another completely different culture country as long as i did yeah japan if there's not a true like commitment by both personnel by that i mean coaches and manager and player which there was by me and that i wouldn't have never been as successful as i was if i didn't try to acclimate assimilate mm-hmm. understand the culture that the Cebu lions and the japanese baseball on a whole was you know mostly asking of me i never would have done what i did so i don't know if kevin as great as he is has the you know the communication is getting across yeah he's saying all the right things i'm sure and it's being translated but there's another level of that and i think what your point before with reference to to having major influential people other than you know who ends up being the influential people the players agents and their representatives and the PR machine that's that's what today's game unfortunately is yeah that's not Eric Hensky, Cliff Floyd, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, players bring a different credibility. They, had, they bring uh, a different gravitas uh, to the manager, uh, right? Yeah, that's not the same thing. Oh, and by the way, it's another interesting kooky thing that I know you get a kick out that I've been thinking about. Most of these young players now are so big into their social media. God bless them. Oh. They should be. <laughs> but the moment... But it's it, it, it's a it's a blessing and it's a curse, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm reading his text, his his uh, post on you know Insta Live, and he's like, people don't have enough time, you know, to do with 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 their with their lives, and you know that's why I mind my own business. You don't mind. You're on there all the time. <laughs> you're you're posting live and cool things, and look at me trying to garner tens of thousands of more people. Well, that is going to eventually one day possibly bite you in the ass. Yeah, it's shifting to the the on the field impact, I guess, of this. I mean, we all know the talent of Wander Franco and, you know, he's been like one of the better players in the American League outside of the big names like Otani and and Kyle Tucker's of the world. We get that Uh, with him not being there. We already mentioned Shane McClanahan now done for the season and all of next year. Three fifths of your starting rotation. Tommy John surgery. I've just never seen that before in one season. It's crazy. I mean, do well, you... MLB's going through a weird, and the Rays are like the poster child for right. it. But MLB's going through a real weird Tommy John right. phase right now. But right. anyway, go ahead. And, go ahead. What and, were you thinking? And with all that being said, obviously, and then the young players now having to come up, the Basabis of the world, the Meads, the Arandas. I mean, how do you feel about like how much more can the Rays overcome? I guess throughout this season to get to the ultimate prize at the end, which just four months ago we thought that they were the they were the favorite. I mean, in the American League, yes. I mean, from the beginning, I, I thought and still do that the Atlanta Braves were the favorite from day one. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, I mean, to win the World Series. But to pit themselves up against the Braves and try to hopefully have a chance to upend them, yes, 100%. Now, listen, I was asked recently, before all this calamity, you know, with both um, McClanahan and obviously with Wonder, you know, if, if the Rays are going to get far in the playoffs or maybe make it to a World Series, what's the key thing? Health. And unfortunately, yeah, you, you definitely almost put 
this situation with Wander almost as like an unhealthy situation. And, you know, you're, you're kind of going around it a little bit. But, yeah, it could be a, a health issue if, if he doesn't come back and play for a long period of time in the middle. Even if he's exonerated, it'll probably take a little while, right? Don't you think, guys? So, and, and, uh, and then you have actual other health issues. If you think back to 21, after the 20 year where they were predominantly healthy and they made it all the way in the short striking season to the World Series again, again, it, that's a that's a t- tricky one with a with a caveat and, and I mean with a with, excuse me with an asterisk uh, for everybody. But nevertheless, they were pretty healthy and they made it. 21 comes along, and not only were they not healthy, but they traded away Rich Hill. They traded away Diego right after they got Nelly Cruz. By the way, we really wanted to get into that one. That was just a money scenario because they got to take on five million. People don't talk about this, but they took on five million of Nelly Cruz for the remainder of the season. They got rid of like a million five from Rich Hill, killed them because they needed a Rich Hill. Yes, to go up against Boston. Who did they have? A young Shane McClanahan, wet behind the ears, who who you know was tough, you know was dealt okay, but got the loss. And a Shane Boss who was not ready for prime time at that time. So you're looking at a situation. You just mentioned some rookies. That's not how you want to go into October. And I still think they could go deep, but there's the problem of getting over the true hump of winning World Series. Uh, The Braves have been a great example of a team that develops, but also goes out and gets and pays the money. And that's how they won a couple of years ago. You know, Houston does the same thing. Develops, but they go out and get the key cogs. The Braves go out and get Nelly Cruz. So next week, they're trading Diego, and they're and they're trading um, Rich Hill. Why? Because Rich Hill is a billion, a million three. Diego was going to make four million dollars, which is exactly what he got the next year in yep. arbitration. There's the five million dollars. Yep. Not talked about because this is in New York City, Chicago, or LA. Right. Right. Uh, interesting how the five million dollars was evened up on the ledger. Well, and it always... How much would you have been if you had Diego and and Rich Hill in the playoffs? Oh, and then, you know, um, letting um, Charlie Morton walk after a World Series and trading trading Blake Snell for a bunch of slapdick prospects. Um, I mean, it just... But a lot of that that is, I feel, is a situation of, like, prepping, as I said before, you know, having the house... um, Yeah. All your the books clean, everything good. You know, mm-hmm. Kevin Kiermaier's contract ended. Zach Elfin's contract is very manageable. It's only three years. Um, your your Wander Franco contract. Oh, by the way, the first four years are eighteen million dollars. Right, the exactly. Match. The first yeah. four years are only eighteen million dollars. Then it gets into seventeen, eighteen, twenty-one, twenty-two. So it's severely backloaded. So. You know, it's a comfortable contract. The house is looking phenomenal. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, uh, listen, I hope to God, you know, as a race fan and, and a person in this community and even someone that, that cares for that kid, that, you know, these allegations are false and, and that he's exonerated. And hopefully um, it, 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 it doesn't taint, you know, his, his life and the race organization. And I, and I know, and we'll finish on Wander on this, you and I both agree, when you start talking about 
extortion, which there's clearly extortion here. That's been you know mentioned by the girl involved previously. That's a red flag, and it's got to be innocent until proven guilty. If if this that's that's the overarching theme for me, I'm not going to put anything on Wander until this thing is is all oh, all done through because this could all be a money grab, and that happens all the time in DR and everywhere else. Quite quite frankly, everywhere else, so, that matter. yeah, exactly. Sure so a, a yeah. lightning player, uh, who was it that uh, Ian Cole, Ian Cole, there, yeah, yeah, last year, yeah. Yeah, and he got, you know, so, they did the right thing. They yeah. did their due diligence, and, and it went away because the person, you know, that was an anonymous report. And, you know, you got to have some meat to it if it's going to derail a guy's career. You have so, to have a, a, a smoking gun. Yeah. Not only, you know, you have to have a smoking gun, bro, major evidence and, and dramatic evidence. So these are, these are huge allegations. And, and if he did it, he needs to go to jail. Yeah, if he did it, he needs to uh, go to jail. It would be here, but it would be in the in Dominican Republic, and, right? And, and they have laws too. So, That's right. Um, he re-extradited, and it'll just be an ugliest thing. I don't see that happening. I don't either, because as I said before, we know of many considered innocent celebrities, ball players, etc., people, politicians that have probably paid millions of dollars even though they were innocent but it just listen got them you know you the, play the, the game i have you know they have the money make this go away All right big o hey man it's so great to have you on you are the best i'm so glad that things are better in your life with your family uh, the prayers will keep on yeah, coming buddy. from us we love you uh don't be a stranger and uh we'll chat with you soon bud Let's talk again as the as it nears into this uh, dramatic September and yes. exciting. Uh, hopefully, Rays and 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 playoffs, man. Thanks, oh. brother. And go Bucks, man. Go and Bucks. You know, Baker Mayfield, baby. He's the real <laughs> deal. He's the MVP, baby. <laughs> Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker. Let's hope I'm so. I'm all in after one quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, partner. Thanks. The great Alexis right, Estrada, right there. Um, you know, uh, we we got to as we talked a lot of rays here. There's a lot popping up on the on the uh, on the X machine. There are fights galore. Levante David had to be restrained. He was like going crazy. What what the hell could get him that mad? For God's sakes, what the hell? There's a coach down. A coach has been hurt. People fighting everywhere. Man, it's gonna be one hell of a hard knocks episode. I was just gonna get to that next Tuesday on Hard Knocks is going oh. to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I want to get the uncut version. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have uh, one of the guys on from Peter Report tomorrow who were there and witnessed all this because I don't think there'll be a practice tomorrow. I'm not sure what the Bucks practice plans are tomorrow. We'll yeah. see, but we'll get and, we'll get somebody on. And, and by the way, directly from the Jets beat right here, first team offense can't do anything. Aaron Rodgers running for his life almost every play if he doesn't throw it away. So your Bucks. That's are what I'm. Good there on. we there we go. That's what I'm talking about. And this is the A team. This isn't the 16 starters right. on the bench. You know what? It maybe just pisses the Bucks off that hopefully they put their starters out there on Saturday night when the when the Jets have to show up. As far as I know, they have to show up. And let's get, you know, let's put starters on starters for a couple of quarters and let's go. Hopefully this pisses everybody off. Robert Sala's gonna want his team to go out there and make a statement, right? And what are you gonna do? You can't hide it forever. You gotta go out there and make a statement at some point. So let's go. I'm looking forward to Saturday night's game now. Let's go. Hopefully we'll see some starters playing. Any other notes you saw on the Xbox? 
Um, I think for Bucks camp, that's it for now. Like I said, defense playing well, lots of skirmishes, a pissed off Levante David, and a Rodgers who is visibly frustrated, quote unquote, again, according to the beats here. And Dan Lucas is there for News Channel 8, so turn into News Channel 8 tonight for all the highlights and analysis from Dano. Um, he's got it all from New Jersey there. So with uh, Bob Hanson, the great photographer, shooting all that great stuff. All right, our thanks to Big O and Scott Reynolds. If you missed anything, download our app, FanStream Sports, all one word. Download the app, tap the app. You can listen there on Twitter, obviously. You can listen to us on YouTube. You Please uh, like our YouTube. We'll be moving over to DSP Media YouTube, so please Go to their page and like them as well and subscribe, and we will see you tomorrow.